0: Hi everyone, it's Liam Naden here. This is the 12th episode, and today we're dealing with what is a very big subject. And in fact, I hope we can get through all the material in the time we've got together. Uh, But what the topic is this week is, I've called it, surviving infidelity. How to forgive your spouse for an affair. Now this is a huge subject, as I just said. And it's probably one of the biggest challenges that most couples or any couples could ever face in their marriage is what do you do when your spouse has had an affair I mean how do you forgive them how do you how do you pick up the pieces in your relationship and and how do you get over the sense of betrayal pain and hurt and rebuild the trust and intimacy between the two of you so that's what I'm going to try and cover today is to give you some ideas on how if you if you're in that situation or if you've been in that situation that you can really use some ideas to get over the pain and get you back on track. And in fact, even if your spouse hasn't had an affair, I think you're going to find this podcast helpful because basically what we're talking about here is forgiveness. So if your spouse has done something that's really caused you pain in the past, or even if they continue to do that, I'm going to give you some ideas on how you can forgive them for that. All right, well, let's look at affairs. And inf- and unfortunately, the whole whole area of infidelity and affairs it's a it's really a fact of life when it comes to marriage and in fact there are estimates on how many people who are married have had an affair but they tend to vary very very widely it's it's a very difficult thing I guess to to get an an honest answer from people if you have a survey so there are lots of studies and surveys that have been done uh, but they've come up with different figures on how many people have had an affair but one study I saw recently came up with a figure that 44 percent of men and 34 percent of married women have had at least one affair in their marriage and interestingly it seems that young the younger you are the more likely you are to have an affair although of course it can happen at any stage in your life can't it but anyway whatever the stats there's no doubt about it that it's it's actually quite a common thing for both men and women to have an affair and it's also one of the most destructive things that can. can happen to a marriage, if you let it. So the purpose of this podcast, what I want to do is I want to give you some ideas and strategies to help you deal with an affair, if it's happened to you in your marriage, so you can rebuild the trust and intimacy, and so that you don't let what happened in the past destroy your marriage and your relationship in the now. Alright, well firstly, there's a couple of things I think that are important to understand when you're looking at the whole issue of an affair and wondering if you really can get over it and, get over and stop it from affecting your marriage. Because the truth is, there are couples who've been through the trauma of an affair and who've successfully been able to put it behind them. In fact, some couples have even been able to use the experience to strengthen the bond in their marriage. And we'll talk about how that can happen a little bit later on. And as with so many of the ideas that I'm sharing with you in these podcasts and in my coaching and the other things that I do, I think surviving an affair usually comes down to two things. Firstly, it comes down to how you look at the event, at the affair. In other words, the meaning you attach to what happened. And the meaning you attach to something is going to be based on your beliefs about what it actually meant. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later. And the other thing, about surviving an affair is that it comes down to understanding what is or was going on in your relationship that allowed the the affair to happen in the first place because I think an affair is a symptom of something not right in your marriage and I hope you'd agree with me on that one. So the key is if you can identify what that thing is or what those things are that that aren't right in your marriage, once you identify them you're in a position to be able to do something about it and repair them and hopefully make sure that, that things like an affair don't happen again. So those are two things that are very important to understand. Now I think it's also interesting to look at what actually causes an affair. What, what makes it happen? And in fact, if your spouse has had an affair, you've probably asked yourself that question a lot of times. And you've probably even asked your spouse as well. You know, what, what caused this to happen? Now you might have come up with a few reasons, but essentially I think it comes down to one thing. And that is, if someone is going to have an affair, it means that their emotional needs are not being met completely in their marriage or relationship. Now, when you think about it like that, you can actually see, and dare I say it, you can see a positive upside to an affair as it affects your marriage. Because what it really is, it's a way, a admittedly a painful way, to get you to look at your marriage and see where the cracks are. You know, perhaps... If you're the victim, if you like, of an affair, or if you've, if your spouse has had an affair, perhaps you and your spouse haven't been ha- that happy for a long time. You know, there might be things going on that are causing, on a continual basis, either one or both of you, a lot of pain. So, for a lot of couples, something as major as an affair literally forces you to do something about it. It forces you to do something different, and... That's what I mean where, in a way, you can look at it as a positive thing, because surely it's better, I think, to have, if you like, a catalyst to creating change than to just carry on with an unhappy relationship or an unhappy situation, just drift along for, for maybe years until it either ends in divorce or you just accept that you're, you just have an unhappy life, and I think that's far worse. That's the worst situation you can be in is an unhappy relationship on the, on the long term that you're not doing anything about. So, now I've mentioned a few positive things that I think, um, or positive things that an affair can do for your relationship, but I'm not in any way negating the fact that there's no doubt that an affair creates a lot of negative things, a lot of negative feelings in a marriage. And I'm sure you've had a lot of negative feelings if it's happened to you as well. And some of the feelings you might have had are, firstly, betrayal. There's often a sense that you know, your spouse has really betrayed your trust and, and they've shared an intimacy with someone else that you thought was reserved just for just the two of you. So that can create a sense of betrayal. It can also create feelings of blame. So perhaps you, you're feeling that you're blaming them for causing you so much pain by having their affair. But you could also be blaming yourself. And that's what a lot of people do. And they say to themselves things like, what's wrong with me that my spouse would want to have an affair with someone else? Am I not attractive anymore? Am I, am I not attractive at all? Maybe I'm not a good lover. Maybe I don't know enough on how to make them happy. So, you know, all of these things are ways in which you can blame yourself for it happening. And that can make you feel very unworthy as well—that you're not worthy of being loved, and you, and basically that you're you're just not a good person. Of course, you can also feel anger, and this is usually a big one. You know, you're going to be angry at them. How could you do this to me? Don't you care about me? Anger's a big one, isn't it? You also might be feeling th- some contempt towards them. Maybe you're actually feeling that you loathe them for for being, if you like, pathetic. To go behind your back and maybe give in to the temptation of someone else. And of course that giving in to the temptation, that that happens, doesn't it? Not all affairs are long-term, sort of drawn-out relationships. Some can start out maybe in just a quick moment of weakness. And even the person who's having the affair, they might even sometimes continue with the affair, even if they're not feeling good about it. That can happen as well. So there's some of the negative emotions that you might be feeling or have felt through your spouse having had an affair. But unfortunately, I'm sure if you that you would have already discovered that none of these emotions are actually going to do anything to help the situation. They're not... I mean, feeling this way, while understandable, perhaps, it's not helping, is it? They're not going to have much of a positive effect <clears throat> either on your spouse or on your relationship. In fact, often what happens when people are feeling all of these negative emotions is that the other person even starts to resent the person. And of course as I've said so many times before what you whatever you focus on and whatever you put something into you're going to get more of so if you focus on the negative you're going to get more negativity. Now of course I'm not saying here that you shouldn't acknowledge that the affair has damaged your marriage or to ignore that it happened or you know to sweep, just to sweep things under the carpet and try and ignore your feelings. But there are some positive things that you can do that are actually much more effective and productive in removing the pain of a past affair, and that's what we're going to get to shortly. Because that's what you want, isn't it? You don't want to feel bad. And often what happens is we feel bad, but we don't know firstly why we're feeling bad specifically, and secondly we don't know how to change it. So that's what we're going to go through. Alright, so now let's look at what you can do to remove the pain and the hurt and actually get to a stage where you can forgive your spouse for having an affair, which is what this is all about. And what I've created in this podcast is a seven-step process. And what this process does is it's designed to help you to get from where you are now, which is probably feeling at least some if not all of the feelings I've already mentioned... So it takes you from a place of not feeling good, and feeling unhappy, and in a damaged relationship, to take you from there to where you really want to be, which is back in a happy relationship that's built on trust, and intimacy, and love. And it's probably the trust and intimacy that the that are things that are most missing from your relationship at the moment, I would, I would hazard a guess, but they're the things that you want back, aren't they? They're the things that you probably used to have, and that make a relationship great, and in fact... You just can't have a great relationship without them. You can't have a a wonderful, loving relationship without trust and intimacy. So before we get into these seven steps, just a few things to tell you about. And firstly, the good news is that most of them are about you and not about your spouse. And, And as I said, this is good news because you are actually the one person that you have complete and total control over. So, that you know that if you're focusing on yourself, you can actually create the outcome that you want. So, you're not relying on anyone else, you're not, for instance, your spouse, to create the outcome for you. So, that's what you're going to find in these seven steps that they're all things that you can do that can take you to give you the outcome that you want to have. Now, the other thing is, before we get into this, I'm, I'm assuming that your spouse is actually genuinely sorry for the affair or that they've They've told you they're sorry. So presumably they've told you about it or maybe you found out about it from some other person or in some, some other way, but it's ended. And your pain is really caused by not knowing how or not being able to move on and remove the pain and hurt that you're feeling. So that's what I'm assuming as well, that that's where you are, that you, you know, obviously your, your spouse has told you about the affair but, and that they're telling you that they're very sorry that it happened but you want to be able to move on. All right, so now let's look at the look at these seven steps and see what they are to show you how to forgive your spouse after an affair and survive infidelity. So the first step, step number one, is you have to decide that you will forgive your spouse. Now to do this, you need to ask yourself, do I really want to forgive them? Now this might sound a bit of a strange question, but you know, many people, actually don't want to forgive their spouse for having an affair. It, it might sound a bit odd, but it's, I've just found it's the actual truth, that it's a lot of people don't want to forgive their spouse. And you might think, well, why on earth wouldn't someone want to forgive their spouse? Well, actually, it really comes down to this emotional needs thing again. And at the end of the day, if somebody doesn't want to forgive their spouse, it's because there's actually more emotional benefit to them for not forgiving their spouse than there is if they were to forgive their spouse. Now, I'll give you some examples of what this means. Some of the emotional benefits you might have from not forgiving your spouse are, the first one is, by not forgiving them, you're actually able to keep control in the relationship. Because you're essentially saying to your spouse, well, I'll decide when I feel good in this relationship, it's up to me. So that gives you some gives the emotional benefit if you like. I mean it's it's a bit of a destructive benefit I'm sure you'll agree. Um but some people do that because it gives them a sense of being in control of the relationship and determining when they feel good. Second th- emotional benefit is it enables someone to continue to punish their spouse by sh- because if you if you show your spouse that you're still in pain and you ha- still have all these negative emotions and that you can't forgive them you in a sense are continuing to blame them and punish them for your feelings so you might feel well they haven't suffered enough from the affair so i'm going to continue to punish them so that and when i've decided they've had enough punishment that's when i'll forgive them but again it's very very destructive it's also a way of getting more attention and in in essence you're saying your spouse. Well, you need to keep trying harder to be nice to me because I haven't forgiven you yet. So again, this is a way of saying, you know, I want more attention because maybe if you, you might think, well, if I did forgive them, they wouldn't pay as much attention to me. They wouldn't, you know, buy me flowers and keep trying to make me feel better and telling them how sor- telling me how sorry they are and and doing all of these things and and really trying hard. Maybe they wouldn't do that if I forgave them. So that's a really uh, interesting idea isn't it but a lot of people do this so really what this n- comes down to step number one deciding that you're going that you will forgive your spouse you really need to do two things here firstly you need to examine if there's a part of you that's holding back from wanting to forgive them and I've given you some of the the reasons why that might be but really think about it say is there part of me that actually doesn't want to forgive them and secondly you need to think about why you haven't forgiven them already. And it could be some of the things we've already, already described and said, you know, could some of these things apply to you? So just see, is there a part of you that is holding back from forgiving them? That, that, you know, are you saying to yourself, no, I don't really want to forgive them? And if that's the case, then see why that might be. Uncover the reasons why you're holding back. And the thing is, once you uncover the reasons why you haven't forgiven them, then you're in a very clear position to make the decision that you will forgive them. Because once you see the reasons why you're not, you're going to look at them and say, is that really a good reason not to forgive them? Is that fair or is it, is it sensible? Is it really going to help? Is it going to help our relationship? Is it going to help me personally? So that's the key is is to uncover why you haven't forgiven them already, and by just doing that, you'll see that really a lot of these things don't make sense at all, and they're things you need to move on from. Alright, well the second step is to consider the consequences of forgiving them, and equally, of not forgiving them. Because both of those things are going to have consequences, aren't they? And we need to look further down the track and see what are the both the immediate and the long-term consequences of that. So let's look at the not forgiving first. Now, if you continue to not forgive your spouse, you need to ask yourself, where will your marriage be in a year from now? And where will it be in five years from now? Or 10 years from now? Or even in 20 years from now? If you don't decide to forgive them, where is your marriage going to be? So in other words, the pain that you're feeling right at the moment, what's going to happen? If that continues for all the, that amount of time, you know what are you going to miss out on doing together with your spouse if you're carrying around that pain and that hurt? In fact, will you even still be together? Can you see yourself down the track staying in the, in the same position you are you are now and feeling all the pain that you're feeling and and not forgiving them? Are you still? Can you see yourself being together in a few years from now? And also, how are you going to feel when you look back on all that time that's elapsed? And realize that the pain you had over all that time and how you lived your life at the time because you didn't forgive them, how that really kept you in a place of resentment and the effect that had on your life. So it's a bit like, you know, imagine in 20 years time looking back and and still not forgiving your spouse for what they did and looking back and thinking, gosh, I spent 20 years, I spent my whole life in this state of pain because I couldn't or wouldn't forgive them. And it was silly, really, because the person who suffered the most was me. And that's a big thing when it comes to forgiveness, isn't it? And you might like to think, here's an interesting question to consider as well. You know, what what would your children be saying or thinking in five or ten years' time about you and your situation? You know, would they look at your marriage and would they see the way you are now? And would they think things like, well, what a shame that they couldn't get over it. It was such a waste because they actually spent all their life being miserable and unhappy. And they just weren't able to move on. And what a shame that was because because what a a negative effect it had on their life. That could be something your children might say to you. You need to think about that. Alright, now looking on the other side, what would your marriage and life look like if you do get over the hurt? If you'd found a way right now and made a decision right now to forgive your spouse unconditionally for what they did in the past and said, right, we're starting again, I'm going to trust them totally, I'm going to forgive them unconditionally. What's your life going to look like in a year from now? I mean, what's it going to look like now? But what's it going to look like a year from now, or five years, 10 years, or 20 years? You know, what are some of the great things that you will have done together when you've got your relationship back to being happy and truly trusting? And, you know, what fun and enjoyment will you have got out of life by having that attitude and having, having created that fantastic relationship that you want to have, that, that has no hurt or pain, that's built on complete trust and intimacy. And what will your children be saying if you manage to forgive your spouse? Perhaps they'd be saying things like, wow, wasn't it great that mum or dad was able to get over over that pain and over what happened, and so they could be happy together again. That That's something I really admire. So these are all things you need to think through because when you really start to see and look at the consequences of forgiving and not forgiving, and the effect that it has on your life, it's going to help you to realise how important forgiveness is and it's going to make you more give you greater resolve to to forgive because it's not just for the sake of your marriage or your spouse that you want to forgive, and I'm, I'm sure you're starting to see this, it's not just for their sake, it's for your sake as well so that's the second step, which is to really think deeply about the consequences of forgiving and not forgiving. All right, well, step number three is to uncover the reasons for your hurt and resolve them. Now, in an earlier step, we talked about the feelings you had, but you need to think, what specifically about what happened is causing me to feel hurt? What thoughts am I having? What What's going on in my head whenever I think of what happened? What are the thoughts that come to my mind? And what basi- What it basically is, is that when you feel anything, positive or negative, whenever you, you feel anything emotional, what it is, is it's about that you have attached some meaning to what's happened. And the meaning you've attached to something is related, whatever meaning you give to it, is also related to what beliefs you have about certain things and about certain areas. Because in actual fact, nothing happens to us that causes pain or pleasure and I'm talking about emotional pain not physical pain but no emotional pain or pleasure is caused by anything that happens to us what gives us the emotional pain or pleasure is the meaning that we attach to what's happened I hope that's clear I'll just say I'll just repeat that again because because it, it is important when something happens to us and it causes an emotional pain or pleasure It's not what actually happened that causes the pain or pleasure. It's the meaning we attach to what happened. So you need to ask yourself, obviously I'm feeling in pain and I'm feeling hurt by this affair and what happened. But why? And you could ask yourself the question, an open-ended question, I'm I'm feeling hurt or in pain uh, from the affair because what? And keep asking yourself that question. Is it because, well, he shouldn't have behaved that way or... Women are, you know, husband and wife are only supposed to be faithful uh, with each other. Or they're a rotten person. Or I'm feeling hurt because it makes me feel like I'm unattractive. Or I'm feeling hurt because it makes me feel that they don't love me anymore. Or I'm feeling hurt because it makes me feel that they were with somebody else and they shared some intimacy with somebody else that I thought they'd only share with me. So those are all the things you, you need to uncover why specifically you're feeling hurt, and you need to say, to look at those closely and resolve those. That's num- step number three. Now step number four is, is to see your spouse as human. Now what do we mean by that? Well, obviously we're all human, but it's very easy to forget that we're all human, and one of the things about being human is that we make mistakes. And sometimes we expect that we can make mis- mistakes, but nobody else can, and particularly our spouse. But obviously, you know, you make mispa- you make mistakes. Your spouse makes mistakes, and they've, they've obviously made a mistake in this particular instance, haven't they? In terms of having an affair. But this, so there's two important things to remember about mistakes. Firstly, the whole thing about mistakes is they're not usually intentional. What they are is people do something that uh, turns out to be the wrong thing to do. But at the time, uh, they don't necessarily think it was the wrong thing to do, because what it was doing, it was meeting an emotional need they had. So the first thing is, mistakes are not intentional. The second thing is, they're not permanent. Now if you make a mistake, it happens, and it's over. They don't go on forever. And once you realize you've made a mistake, then... You can say you can acknowledge you've made a mistake, and you can move on and, and change and that's presumably what's happened with your spouse over an affair. They obviously have made a mistake, and they've told you that they've made a mistake so that's the things about mistakes we we're, we're all human you've got to acknowledge that your spouse is human as well, and the more you can see how see what mistakes truly are that they're not intentional and they're not permanent then you can see them in a a bit more of a, a bit more context, if you like, that they don't need to be fatal and they don't need to affect you for the rest of your life unless you, of course, want to allow them to. And that's what these steps are all about, helping you to try and change. So step number five is, in this step, what you've got to do is you've got to uncover the real reasons why the affair actually happened. Now, as I said um, earlier, when I've talked about in, in some of the earlier podcasts, usually when I see there's a problem happening in a marriage, or well, nearly always, what a problem is, if not always, a problem is simply a symptom of something, another issue that's going on more deeply. And that's the same with an affair. So you really need to look at are there any things going on in your relationship? well, there are certainly what the things that are going on in your relationship that, that really uh, were conducive to allowing this affair to actually happen in the first place. So this is about finding you know, the real reasons why the affair, affair actually happened. And this is not only going to help your marriage and to make it much stronger, because what you're going to be doing here is you're going to be identifying areas you need to work on But it's also going to help you ensure it doesn't happen again, which is obviously one of the main outcomes you want to make sure of, that it doesn't happen again. So that's why you need to look at what's going on within your relationship that are the real reasons why this affair actually happened. And when you're looking, there's actually only three places to look. The first place, which I'm sure you think is the obvious one, is your spouse. What's wrong with them? Why have they... What's their problem? What's caused them to go off and have an affair? And sure, you need to look at that. You definitely need to look at that. But the second place you need to look at is yourself. And you need to say, is there anything I've done or anything about me that might have contributed to my spouse going and having an affair? So in other words, am I still as attractive to them as I've always been? Am I doing my best to be attractive? Am I meeting their emotional needs? And remember, right at the start we said, the main reason for someone having an affair is their emotional needs aren't being met. So but you've got to be really honest with yourself here and say, what areas of their emotional needs haven't I, in all my honesty, been meeting? And the other third thing is to look at is, is your relationship. So when the affair was happening, what was missing from your relationship? You know, what might have caused your spouse to go and find what was missing somewhere else? Was your marriage a fun place to be? They're things you need to really look at because at the end of the day when you examine the real reasons and if you're really really honest with yourself you're going to see that there are, you're going to realize two things firstly it takes two to tango so in your marriage as in every marriage it you know both of you and your spouse play an equal role in what happens to both of you And the second thing is we're all biologically wired to have our emotional and physical needs met. So if we're not getting them met in one place, then we naturally just look for them elsewhere. It's a survival mechanism. Step number six, then, moving on, is to refocus the blame. Now, you probably already know that blaming someone doesn't help. You've probably been told this or you've thought it yourself. And you've probably also been told that you should stop blaming your spouse or blaming anyone. But the problem is, for all of us, that even, we know we sh- even though we know we shouldn't blame, it's something that we can't stop doing. So that's why in this step, what I'm suggesting is that you, instead of trying to stop blaming anyone, what you do instead is you refocus your blame. So you're still feeling blame, but it's not done in such a way that it's going to hold you back from forgiving your spouse. So what that means is instead of blaming your spouse, and instead of blaming yourself, if you were going to put any blame anywhere, put it on your relationship. And by that I mean acknowledge that there's there have been weaknesses in your relationship that's caused the affair to happen. And that all you need to do is uncover what those weaknesses are and fix them and everything will be fine. So it's really about saying to yourself, just to, to um, clarify it a little bit, it's about saying to yourself, okay, something was to blame here, but... We weren't to blame, but it's the the nature of our relationship. Something in our relationship was the cause of this. And that's a very important step, refocusing your blame. Okay, now the last step, step number seven, and this is very, very powerful. And it's create something that I call a forgiveness agreement. Now this is actually a written document. It's a true agreement, and I think... It's well worth taking the time to do this. It's something that you and your spouse sit down together and you create together. So it should be in writing, it should be a document, and it's something you're both going to agree, that, and you're going to agree to hold each other accountable to it, obviously without blaming each other for making mistakes, but it's something you create together. So in this forgiveness agreement, this is what you're going to have in it. Firstly, you're going to have an acknowledgement. You're going to acknowledge that you both had a role in what happened. Remember, this is not blaming each other. This is just an acknowledgement. And you're also going to acknowledge that there are elements of your relationship that you need to work on together that were factors that contributed to this happening. All right, the first thing is acknowledgement. And the second thing is commitment. And that's to say, we're committed to working together on the elements. So we're going to identify what the elements are that need work in our relationship. And we're going to commit to working together on those elements so that we can improve those. And the key things to have in this agreement are two things. Firstly, an agreement that you will take equal responsibility for everything that happens in your marriage and in your life. So there's not going to be any blame. You're both going to work together and you're going to take equal responsibility. And the second thing you need to agree to is that you can have total honesty at all times. Now this is a big thing, and I'll talk about honesty in a later podcast, but really you've got to come to a place where no matter what the apparent consequences of being honest, or even if you make a mistake, that you are going to be honest with each other. It's a bit of a a hurdle to get over to a place of total honesty, but you need to commit to doing that. So that's what step number seven is. It's creating what I call a forgiveness agreement. And I think if you can get to that stage, you're going to find it a very powerful thing. So that's what these seven steps are, and they're really about helping you identify the causes of why you've been unable to forgive your spouse, and removing the blame away from them, and, and and really looking at what happened as an opportunity to work on your marriage, to work on your relationship, and turn it into something even better than it was before. So the whole thing about forgiveness, and these seven steps, I'm sure you'd agree, they do require a bit of thought, and they're going to require you to probably give it um, quite a bit of thought, but if you can commit to doing that, then you really can get over, um, you can really. You can really heal yourself of those feelings of pain and hurt and get things things back on track to what's all that matters, which is having a fantastic marriage. So I really urge you to try them. You can apply them actually to any sort of hurt, not just an affair, but I think you'll find them quite powerful. So I hope you found this helpful we've unfortunately run out of time but if you're struggling with any problems in your marriage I, I really encourage you to get my free report which is called The 5 Keys to Saving Your Marriage Now it's going to, be, going to give you some good ideas there to, to overcome hurt and pain as well and you can get that at my website growinginloveforlife.com and if you've got any comments or questions you know, feel free to give me a, a, send me an email drop me a line at liam, L-I-A-M at growinginloveforlife.com so that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you for joining me. I hope you found this information valuable, and I hope you'll apply some of this if you're in that situation of healing pain or of feeling pain and hurt and you can't, you can't find a way to forgive your spouse for what's happened in the past. So I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.